Welcome to the Football Ramble. Wolves continue their European hunt. Brighton are safe and Jude Bellingham's off to Dortmund. It's Tuesday the 21st of July. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Vidushina Hunter-Raja. I will never tire of you saying your full name, Vish. It's just just rolls off the tongue. I mean, it should. It is your name. Yeah, yeah. I'd be, I'd be, <laughs> you know, quite worried if it didn't. Yeah. Um, Pete said it by accident the other day. What full name? Yeah, yeah. Because he was reading from <laughs> from an old sheet, and my name was on it, and he read it, and he did a damn good job, actually. Probably better than mine. I'm impressed, especially from Pete. <laughs> yeah, That's same. Not, not what I would expect. Pete's part internet, though. It's important to remember that he might have some sort of software that, that allows for for such. True. Yeah, True, it was a yeah. bot. Yeah, well, he is a, he's a walking bot, isn't he? I'd he say is, that. Yeah. very much so. Malware. <laughs> Malware manifest, <laughs> Pete Donaldson. You know what? We've been talking in the last week or so about the football improving, about how it's gotten better, how the tempo's been pretty high. We saw a couple of good games this weekend. Last night, uh, not so much. No. Especially the first two games. They oh, were pretty dire, Yeah, they, they really were. We've, we've got the short we got the short straws here, really, haven't we, in terms of the, the, the games. But actually, that said, Wolves threw us a line. Yeah, thankfully. But yeah, it was uh, a lot of tired footballers just going through some motions. You can tell it's almost the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. They should have been on the beach. In fact, they should have been coming back from the beach by now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can only imagine how exhausted they are. Sand yeah. everywhere. A yeah. little bit burnt. Yeah. Oh, they put sun cream on, but not enough. Oh, oh God. I left my sunglasses in the hotel. I'm knackered now. I just want to, I just want to, should we, oh, can we just go and have dinner now? That's kind of how it felt. Yeah. Fully sunburnt. Yeah. Coming yeah. back to training a bit overweight. Maybe, yeah, it's like it's 2 a.m. They're in kind of a, a nondescript European airport, a bit pissed off. Someone's accidentally taken out 100 euros for a bottle of water. You know, that's kind of <laughs> how they're feeling right now. But they happen to be playing top level football. Actual at the same football. Time. Yeah. I'm still with something to play for a lot of teams as yeah. well as we head into the final game of the, the final games of the season, should I say. Uh, in terms of the headline from the Wolves Palace game, Wolves obviously getting a 2-0 victory. I loved the Guardian's headline. They definitely did this on purpose. This is what it said. Wolves stay in European hunt while Palace suffer seventh consecutive loss. And someone's tweeted saying, is this a sport headline or Bavarian fairy tale? You decide. <laughs> I thought that was genius. That's very, very good. Uh, I mean, the Wolves puns, uh, they're, they're everywhere, but that is an absolutely top class one. Well, congratulations to whoever did that. I've got to say, though, Wolves have been very impressive, not just since the restart, but all season, haven't they? And I think, like, I was reminded yesterday watching them how I think Liverpool aside, and even they've had a few blips here and there after the restart, I think Wolves have the best mentality in the league because, the, the, you know, the, the, such a long season that they've had, as has been spoken about all season, but it's... Genuinely easy to forget this is only their second season back in yeah. the Premier League. They've already kind of beaten their points tally from last year with all those extra games to play. And with a pandemic in the middle of it as well. And they just don't let their heads drop if they have a bad result or a disappointing result. They play with the same kind of you know energy and enthusiasm th- th- game to game. I'm just so impressed by them. Just so impressed. Yeah, they've got quite a unique identity, Wolves. And I think part of that is actually down to their kit because they're so yeah. different to other teams that they... You know, you know when you're watching them, and also their style of football and the players that they have are such that they're they're actually quite refreshing to watch. I think if you ever get bogged down in the kind of rigmarole of either the Premier League or your own team, if you're not a Wolves fan, they're a really good palate cleanser. Definitely, because they play very differently to everyone else. And you know, you mentioned Liverpool. That I, I would regard Wolves as the next more, 
most entertaining team to watch. Yeah, yeah. it sounds really simplistic to say, but they just are a really good team to watch, aren't yeah. they? And, and in terms of identity, that's a really good point, Vish, because when I was watching the game last night, I actually said, watching Wolves, you don't feel like you're necessarily watching a Premier League team. It It almost doesn't feel like they are a kind of a replica of other teams in the Premier League, which you sometimes get with teams that come up from the Championship. They are so different to yeah. what we have in the Premier League already. They feel like a La Liga team or, a, you know, a, a, a different mm. European team, don't they? Yeah, well, I mean, to sum that up, um, they they now have 12 different goal scorers this season. And I think that's the most... Um, sorry, 12 different goal scorers this season and none of them are English. Wow. And I think that's the first time that's happened since Arsenal back in like the mid-2000s, I think. That's really interesting. So, so, I mean, that kind of backs up your point. They really do play differently because they just don't have any local players. Yeah. I mean, English players, per se. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, they were... Um, <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Because, we, you know, we've talked about teams getting promoted over the last few years, um, in the last few weeks about you know having to you know park what got them there and maybe not go for attacking football and maybe try and have a more rigid defense and then we talked about Norwich who <laughs> just decided to have neither <laughs> um but Wolves obviously they came in with a with a bit more clout didn't they they were able to bring together players like Jao Moutinho and Ruben Neves and yeah. Jota and Raul Jimenez and all of them could do a job for most Premier League teams if not all yeah. Jao Moutinho yesterday Played the ball in for the first goal, a little ding chip, which wouldn't be out of place in any other shirt in the league. And yeah. I reckon he's well, he's thirty three now. He you could drop him into Man City and Liverpool, and he'd you know <laughs> be a legitimate starter. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's variety within their players, well, isn't there? You've got that experience of Jao Moutinho and the, and the quality that he's got, and obviously Neves with those long ranges that are just so brilliant to watch. And then Traore, oh, you know, God. just the absolute he's just like something else. what a unique player. There's not really mm. anyone like him in the league, just because he's so big. But he's 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 added sort of you know an effectiveness to that to that um, physicality and and, and the like. You know, terrifying pace that he's got, as as, uh, as a lot of pundits say. Um, I felt a bit for Tyrick Mitchell though. On his first Premier League start for Crystal Palace, he had to defend Adama Traore. That's yeah. not what you want, is it? He, no. did, he actually did an all right job, though. I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think they call that baptism, baptism Bats- of fire, yeah, don't they? Yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. that's deliberate. He did okay at times. Obviously, he he gets beat, which is when obviously they scored the second goal because Traore set that one up. Well, he sort of half set it up, didn't he? Went to Jimenez. Jimenez then uh, uh, slots the ball over to Johnny with a great finish from a mm. defender, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean they've they've just got that in abundance, though. Mm. It's that that step up in quality that you obviously they've got the um, the super agent hookup, but that's you know giving them a, a much bigger platform to have that sort of quality throughout the side than than most promoted teams have. But I think. That's what makes Wolves really, really interesting because any other club that had achieved like this, you would think, well, how the hell are they going to keep this squad together? Like this is going to be a sort of golden period that's where it's going to be cherry-picked away. But you don't feel like that's the case with Wolves. You think actually they're now at the point where maybe could they perhaps get a big name in? Like that that, that looks like an achievable next step for them. And I'm sort of excited to see where it goes for them. Yeah, you wondered if they'd be able to keep up their project if they were kind of teetering around mid-table. But yeah. because they're actually you know pushing for European honours and... I've been in Europe this year. There was obviously that stage at the beginning of the season, which was about 10 lifetimes ago, <laughs> when they you know, they basically started this time last year, didn't yeah. they? Because yeah. of their European qualification. So the break has probably done wonders for them um, in terms of, you know, giving them, you know, that space to rest up and stuff like that. But I did like, you know, we on the running order, we have mentioned Tyrick Mitchell and it's, 
as you said, the fact that he was going against Adama Traore, I kind of likened it to old school parenting. You know, if they found you smoking one cigarette and you had to smoke the whole pack. It's like, you have to learn. You are going to defend Adama Traore and you're not going to come off until you've defended him properly. But he keeps trying to go through me. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be a footballer, do you? Get used to it. I'm impressed that we've got this far into the season and Adama Traore has not caused any injuries with his little ponytail. Because if he, if he turns quickly and that whips you in the eye, blind. Yeah. That was um, Will Smith's daughter's song, wasn't it? Oh, whip your hair oh, back and forth. Whip your hair back and forth, yeah. Yes. Adama Traore, when he next scores, pull out that kind of celebration. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe that is the future because we are getting the, the celebration music now, aren't we? Which I think is probably going to stay. And Wolves have like this sort of terrible kind of like Euro that, isn't it? trance. It is, mm. yeah. But um, it's almost like the music that you get on like goal compilations that have been made by some like 13 year olds <laughs> that have put on YouTube. Skills HD 2019 <laughs> yeah, to 2020. Completely, yeah. absolutely. Um, I don't know, maybe players should have their individual music though. And, I think they should. Traore could have uh, the Willow Smith song. Well, Jules, we, t- we spoke about this on the WhatsApp group last week, I think, because I think Arsenal have the best um, yes. Project Restart playlist because mm. the music building up to the game is incredible. And I think it's an extension of what they would have on in the changing room. You've got a lot of people into uh, you know R and B and hip hop, and uh, as am I. So yeah, they play same. that out at the start, um, which obviously they probably wouldn't be able to do if there were fans there. They'd probably have to stick to a kind of like very poppy, very Kasabian playlist. <laughs> um, but yeah, they play they, as you mentioned. They played Mrs. Missy Elliott, "Get Your Freak On," so good. And <laughs> when Arsenal were coming out at halftime, they played Triple H's entrance music. Yeah. Which, as a res- wrestling kind of fiend, I was absolutely all over and got very excited about. It's an eclectic mix, their playlist. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Because then post-match, it was back to uh, Sweet Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I like it. I'm, I mean, yeah. if this season's going to be a bit weird, why, why not go all in? Why not? I mean, yeah, well, where was it? Was it in Italy where there was a Depeche Mode playing to like the 80th minute in a game recently? Uh, I, forget, I forget which Italian club it was, but like... Yeah, Play, playing through the game? Apparently so, yeah. Oh, that's astounding, yeah. The whole yeah. way? Yeah. Someone actually tweeted me the other day saying, um, can, can the players hear the fake crowd noise in the stadium or is it just for us on telly? No. I was like, guys, no, it's just for telly. Well, there was, well, no, there was talk think... of QPR doing it, wasn't there? Really? Yeah, yeah there of, was. Of having like chants and songs pumped in to try and kind of, you know, actually experiment with that and oh. see if it would work. But that's mad, isn't That'd it? weird. I think they were playing fake crowd noise at the FA Cup games. Really? Yeah, I think they were doing it pretty much because I remember... Well, maybe I should shut up then. Well, because I I think someone was saying that because you know their studio was outside. Yes. That Ashley Cole was really struggling. Well, he's a terrible pundit, but Ashley Cole was really struggling because they couldn't hear. Yeah, because of the noise that was coming over him. Yeah. Yeah, but not during the actual match. No, 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 that'd be quite off-putting. I was, I was was at a rugby union game for my sins, um, and Saracens were playing at Wembley, I think it was, and they had this really, really obnoxious try music that they play when someone goes over. And Saracens were losing the game, and you can tell this bloke was itching to play something. And they broke through, and it looked like they were going to score. So he pressed the button, and it blared out, and the guy fell over. Oh no! Because he was shocked oh, by the noise. My yeah. Wow. I mean, it's rugby anyway, but it's, it was very. What funny. Um, what Wolves should do is, as well as playing a song when a when a player scores, they should also have their flames go up that we've seen <laughs> at the stadium as yeah. well, out like the, in cricket. Out the goalposts. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be brilliant. The only thing is, is that if they were to pump in crowd noise during the matches we would miss some glorious moments like in the Brighton Newcastle game which wasn't a thriller it was uh, it was pretty pants and that's coming from a Brighton fan uh, finished goalless at the Amex in our final home game of the season 
but Matt Ritchie with probably the best line since the restart that was picked up by microphones, Jim. Yeah, it was He's amazing. He's so Scottish. I didn't know he was that Scottish. So Scottish. Yeah, what was the line? It was something like, how are you giving that, you duck? Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh. <laughs> there was a wee before the... Your wee duck. Right, your wee yeah. duck. Yeah. It was excellent, that. Yeah. Really he really good. does look like Gordon Ramsay, and I think he's got a st- much yeah. stronger, you know, well, a much stronger Scottish accent than Gordon Ramsay, and particularly hard. But... I've never thought about the Gordon Ramsay lookalike. Oh, it was something that was pointed if, out to me on Twitter. Yeah. If someone had ironed Gordon Ramsay, maybe. <laughs> well, no, because when he when he gets angry, he's um, he gets those forehead creases that I've only seen in my dad. So they kind of <laughs> out of reaction just terrify me. But... What are you, an idiot sandwich? <laughs> Best meme. Best meme. Yeah. Have um... you given that, you idiot sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was terrible. Terrible game it at was. the Amex, but the point for Brighton means that we are officially Premier League for another season. There you go. Are you going to say congratulations, boys? Congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Jules. Thank they you. They couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm buzzing though. I know it, it, it kind of felt like we were safe after the Norwich win, but until you're mathematically safe, you just never know. And it would be very Brighton to go and ruin it with the last couple of games yeah. of the season. So I'm delighted with the point. And it, it didn't really matter that it was a bit of a rubbish game. Point to point, job mm. done, safe for another year. And, and this is now going to be our fourth season in the Premier League. Honestly, as a Brighton fan, I didn't expect it to last this long. Yeah. And there's there are people that are like, how can you be happy with how crap that game was and getting a point and saying, oh, you secured safety. It's like, have they do never you, supported a football do you club? Re- yeah. yeah, and do you realise what a big deal it is that we've managed to stay safe for now coming into our fourth Premier League season, especially with the way the team have evolved in the last year? There has been such a huge change, a brand new manager changing a system where under Chris Hewton we played such different football for mm. several years before. New younger players coming into the team as well. I think it's actually been a really good season for us. Definitely. I mean, Graham Potter's um, he's doing a hell of a job. And it was a punt, right? It was a mm. huge, huge mm-hmm. punt. A lot of people were predicting that Brighton were going to you know, have a lot of egg on their face after that. Um, and it, he, he's done very well in, in weird circumstances. And it's a good platform to, to kind of, you know, to see what, what he's really about. I suppose, mm. uh, with, a, with a full season to actually uh, demonstrate. I have to say, though, like, I mean, I lived in Brighton for two and a half years. Obviously, I know, Jules, you're from Brighton, aren't mm. you? Um, I've only been to Newcastle three or four times, but I have to say I did feel like this game was disrespectful to both cities. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're out there representing them, you know? Like, it should be better than that. Like, did Bravka had a hat on? Yeah. We could talk about that, I suppose. <laughs> like, it, it was really, really drab. You know it's dull when the commentators start talking about birds in the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> that and was basically not... the talk of the game was this little falcon that was resting at the top of the Amex arch. And it's not two of the birds who are actually involved in the games. In the <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I was going to throw you a hypo- hypothetical, Jules. Go on. Because obviously Brighton actually started the season pretty well. Mm. I think so I've got down here that you know they were high they were you were as high as 8th in November I suppose you know when enough of the fixtures have been played that it, it could actually mean something. Yeah. And I was at game, I think at the start of December, at the Emirates where you beat Arsenal 2-1. And it was kind of a brilliant performance. Arsenal were, you know, struggling as they were at the yeah. time. Brighton were really good in that game. Yeah. I think that's yeah. important not to forget that. I think Davy Proper made something like 40-odd successful passes and the la- a large majority of them were in Arsenal's half. Mm. And they were just kind of playing all around Arsenal and despite the crowd being obviously very angry they just didn't seem overawed by the occasion and it felt like right I mean could, I wonder how far Brighton could go here and obviously there was this massive downturn yeah. um, leading up to eventual safety now would you have rather that flipped or are you kind of are you a, the type of fan who's able to 
I suppose mix it all together and be happy with you know finishing fifteenth if that is the case. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with how the season's gone, as I said, because it's been such a big change and the players have had to get used to a completely different style of play. And Graham Potter is such a different manager to what we've we've had before in, in Chris Hutton, who I absolutely adore and all Brighton fans you speak to have the utmost respect for what Chris Hutton has done for the club. But it was time for change and with Graham Potter coming in in this new style of football and obviously him being offered such a long contract, it says a lot about what the club think of him and what he can possibly achieve. And I know that it was going to take a bit of time and there were going to be bumps in the road along the way this season. And we had some real highs. Beating Tottenham was probably one of the highlights of the season for me. But then there were also some lows where we were struggling to score goals. And then it looked as though this keep trying to play out the back type of system and and passing the ball around too much and getting caught out because the players maybe aren't so used to it or we don't particularly have the quality to be able to do that. It looked as though that was going to bite us in, in the bum. But mm. I'm glad that Graham Potter stuck to his guns and he's a very good tactical manager in that he has a lot of different ideas and he can change tactics two, three times in a match in order to get something out of it. And I always had that faith that we would be able to get through the season and be safe. And now it's just exciting looking forward to next season. They'll have a bit of time off. They'll be able to train more, maybe bring in some new players, add to the squad a lot of the youngsters like Tarek Lamptey started every game since the restart, I think, um, maybe bar one. Um, and I think that, you know, these youngsters will have been given minutes. They'll have been given a bit more experience. So coming into next season, I think we've got quite an interesting team and let's see where it goes. I'm not expecting a massive leap. I'm not saying let's finish in the top half of the table or let's get a European place. But I think now is the time that we can look to improve on our position. Now it is, it's st- the, the goal is always for, for Brighton to be safe and stay in the Premier mm. League for another season. But I actually think maybe now is the time to start looking a bit further up the table and seeing where we can go. Yeah, I mean, because the length of Potter's contract, as, as well as the fact that they've given Long. him, they've, they've trusted him like that, yeah. as well, it does show that there's a plan in place. Yeah. And there's so much to be st- said for that. Because obviously those things can go stale after a while. If you look at, I know it's not a direct comparison, but if you look at Palace, and how they've just fallen off a cliff, like you feel with Palace, it's like they are just, they've been doing the same thing for a while now. Where, where do they go? What is their ambition after this? And it's very dangerous if a club gets into a position like that, where they're not really mm. sure what they're for in the league. And clearly Brighton are trying to avoid that, which is... Uh, which is great. Um, Andy Carroll let you off though, didn't he? He did. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, we that... got away with one. Although again, back to Graham Potter, he he saw the danger, he smelt it, and as soon <laughs> as Newcastle won a corner, he went, "All right, let's take off five foot four Tarek Lamptey and bring Shane Duffy on." Yeah, to mark him. <laughs> nice, clever, and I, it worked. Yeah, it did. I can't help but feel like Shane Duffy was in either Boys Own or Westlife or both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is very boy band esque. Yeah, those just, blue eyes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently, Andy Carroll offered to play in defence for Newcastle um, because obviously they've got some injury problems at the moment. I'd love to have seen that. That would have been incredible. It would have been great. He's got all the attributes. It's like a a horse saying, I'd hold your baby. (laughs) 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 Unbelievable. (laughs) Oh, God. Wait, did Steve Bruce say no then? (laughs) Apparently so, yeah, Uh, which is a shame. That's I don't know, there's something quite sweet about that. I know it's a little bit of a throwback to when, um, was it like Robbie Gale and... 
Richard Naylor of Ipswich, who used to play up front and then kind of moved into defence. But like, I mean, they had a bit of awareness about them. Yeah, didn't they? Chris Sutton did it as well, didn't he? He Became did. A yes, back later yeah. on in his career. You know, you mentioned Palace there, and just off the back of Jules, what you said about um, you're glad they kind of stuck with that attacking yeah. football, or rather, more free flowing football, than parked it for maybe something that was a bit more defensively robust that would have left you a bit short up top. Um, I suppose when you've got those results, as you mentioned, when you had that marquee result against Spurs and you had that good start, that's enough confidence for a manager to know he's doing the right thing and for the players to trust the manager, isn't it? Whereas, you know, you could start well and if you had the same kind of drop-off of Palace, sometimes the players might think, God, this is a bit... Mm. I don't actually know if this guy is just a you know snake oil salesman. Mm. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, well, Brighton are safe. The relegation fight will probably go down to the last day the way things are looking. Vish, tonight you're actually heading to Watford, Manchester City. Uh, it was 8-0 in the reverse. Watford are desperate for a win. They also don't have Nigel Pearson in charge anymore. Hayden Mullins in caretaker charge for these final couple of games. I mean, I can't call it because looking at Watford's final two games, Man City and Arsenal, Aston Villa play Arsenal tonight mm. as well. But the Watford game kicks off before that, which is going to make it very tense for Aston Villa if Watford gets something out of the City game, which is unlikely, would you say, Vish? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Especially what, after what Arsenal did to Man City. You know what they're like. They're just, they want, they're going to chin the next person that comes mm. around yeah, the corner. They right? And that's unfortunate for Watford. Um, you know what? It's going to be a really interesting, uh, I suppose, because of the way Project Restart is skewed and the fact that when we get to the ground, we're basically on the outer perimeter of everyone in the ground, per se. So all the press conferences are, are done over Zoom. And so all the... Uh, Jules, you know, you've you've been to the odd game. You yeah. know that between, for example, takes or, you know, while there's a bit of milling about press conferences, people talk to club officials and this, that and the other. Mm. And that can't really happen. Um, going into this game. So in terms of the answers as to why Nigel Pearson was actually sacked, what are the issues at the club? Um, how are they, you know, what do they actually expect from these last two games? You're a bit of, you're a little bit further removed from that now. So it'd be really interesting actually to see, you know, from afar, what the kind of atmosphere is around the ground, because all our cues so far are little things like beyond the actual football itself, the, you know, pre-match, the drinks breaks, um, what Graham Stack and Hayden Mullins going to do and mm. how much influence can they actually have? So, yeah, it'd be fascinating on so many different fronts. I don't actually think Watford are going to go down. Oh. Because I think Villa will be Villa will be beaten by Arsenal. Okay. And because of the goal difference there, I think they can then Watford can afford to lose their mm. final game. But it's, if they, you know, they look like they've got every chance of going down next season. So, mm. Jim, how yeah. does it feel as an Arsenal fan, knowing that Arsenal have such a big say in who goes down? Well, obviously, we've had the whole, um, if it's bad for Villa, it will happen thing <laughs> that I've predicted, which in some cases has been, you know, seeming to be the case and others not, obviously. Um, but I, as an Arsenal fan, I find it hard to always, to ever be truly, really confident. I think most most fans probably feel that way about their team. But I see a situation where Arsenal could be, could like lose to Villa tonight and then put Watford down on the last day, which would be a, a kick in Troy Deeney's cojones, Ooh. which might actually be quite a funny sort of end um, to the season. But I, 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 I don't just, know. Sorry, I just, just looked into your eyes when you said that, and I've never seen you more happy. <laughs> <laughs> you are buzzing right now. Yeah, that's a dangerous thing to be putting out in public, isn't it, from me? Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually, I do fear for Villa because they're just... How far do you live from uh, Vicarage Road? For, uh, far far enough. enough. Okay, yeah, fine. I'm not going to reveal exactly where for <laughs> obvious reasons. Um, 
But yeah, I think obviously, you know, Arsenal have had two very, very good results. And just the thing with Villa against Everton, they were, they were so predictable, so, so predictable. And obviously, Arsenal have got the carrot of the uh, of the FA Cup final. So they're going to be, they're going to be perhaps even practicing for that. So they are going to be motivated. So it could be tough yeah. for Villa. I don't want to sound too confident, but I Exciting. think they're going to have a difficult game on their hands tonight. Um, Vicious, quickly, are you concerned that Nigel Pearson will be at the ground tonight? Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like in the car park waiting for, for everyone. <laughs> Anyone. With yeah. your, waiting for yeah. your Honda Jazz to turn up. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've got to look Just after the Bashing it like that street fighter <laughs> fly around. You can blow on it to be fair. It falls, <laughs> falls to pieces. Um, yeah, I, that, I've kind of been visiting like, you know, those um, American kind of heartthrob films in the, in the 80s where he's like holding... You know, he's holding a stereo up to the mm. window, but it's just like slipknot and like thrash metal. Yeah. And he's doing it to keep them up because I'm, you know, I'm just going to ruin your lives now. This is anything. <laughs> I dare you. Know. you. <laughs> uh, all right. It's time for a break. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It is time now for a full update of Betway's four to score. Each week, you can pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches to be in with a chance of winning a huge prize. Now, as Kate said yesterday, Danny Ings and Harry Kane scored first in their matches. So we were out immediately, thanks to Pete, obviously. Uh, however, <laughs> over 3,500 customers were still in with a shot of the 100 thousand pound jackpot it's a big one uh, now Richarlison scored the only goal in Sheffield United versus Everton and a great header it was as well that kept 1073 customers in to win the prize 850 of them needed Raul Jimenez who Marcus actually picked but it wasn't Raul Jimenez this time round as it so often is it was Daniel Podence's goal for Wolves which eliminated every single person Bar one. Yes! <laughs> what a There's shout. There's a winner. One customer correctly picked all of them. Ings, Kane, Richarlison and Podence. What a shout that was. So they took home the £100,000 jackpot all to themselves. No sharing here. Absolutely unbelievable. Now, we've heard the customer as well might just be a ramble listener. So if you are listening, congratulations. What what a win. What a win. Life-changing pick. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I'm, I have so much admiration for that. I nearly started clapping. With <laughs> yeah. you know that. It's just remarkable. How do you split 100,009 ways? Well, he'll find out, wouldn't he? It's partly ours. We gave him <laughs> I was like, who's he splitting it with? <laughs> yeah, actually, can can we have a bit of that? Yeah, I think it's only fair. <laughs> Amazing stuff, though. Congratulations to you. But that win means the jackpot resets now to 25,000. Nothing now. Don't bother entering. No, I'm joking. <laughs> 25 grand. Amazing stuff. We'll be back with another round of picks for Betway's four to score on this Friday's preview show. We just mentioned there as well, Richarlison scored the only goal in Sheffield United versus Everton. Everton with the win. That means Sheffield United can't now get a European place. Disappointing end to the season for them. It's not been the best since the restart. It's been a bit up and down. Uh, but what a season they've had still. And what a goal it was from Richarlison. Oh, it's a brilliant header, wasn't it? I've, I just respect any header that isn't basically a tap-in on the line. Like, to be able to get any direction on a football like like that in a, in a, in a crowded box is incredible. And it reminds me a little bit of, wasn't quite as good, but Andy Robertson's header 
a few weeks mm. ago or yeah. a few few months ago. It's yeah, hard yeah, to yeah. tell because it's all smushed together, isn't it? Where it's had like a curl on it. Mm. Curled header. Yes, please. Also a bit of out curl as well. Yeah. Is it out curl? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> it is now. Yeah. Yeah, it was impressive, wasn't it, to guide it past the goalkeeper. And obviously, Dean Henderson's been brilliant this year. So yeah. a great goal for them and a good win for Everton. And they've needed that as well, haven't they? Yeah, because, they I mean, the you know, the recent draw against Villa, they weren't particularly impressive, as we touched on earlier. Um, and just generally, they've, their form's been quite funny and patchy, and they've been one of the teams that have just been very underwhelming uh, um, after lockdown. I think they're going to be one of those teams that will be looking forward to a bit of a break mm. when the season ends and looking forward to starting a full season under Carlo Ancelotti. And let's see where it takes them. Um, we are in that part of the season where we're starting to talk about transfers, which is always exciting. And that also means that we get lots of these weird little uh, new player arrival videos on social media, which I am a big fan of. They're just like, they're everywhere <laughs> so now. so bad, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. It's excellent. And uh, yesterday it was officially announced that Birmingham's youngest ever player, Jude Bellingham, has signed for Borussia. Dortmund and this was his arrival video. How can one syllable sound that brummy? Oh, it's, it's impressive. <laughs> oh, it makes my skin go weird. Yeah. Oh. But it is brilliant. We do love these arrival videos. They're always very creative. Um, you can tell that the players were forced into this one. But they do seem to be having a great time <laughs> when yeah. you watch the video. And I, I do like that about Dortmund. They at least get behind that sort of stuff. And there's, there's a sense of fun there. This, sorry. The, just the ubiquity of them, of these videos, is just like, it's one of the things that feels like I feel like it snuck up on us, you know? Like, they, they used to see them here and there, but now mm. they, they are just absolutely everywhere. And I guess it's part of the battle um, on social media that clubs are in to win fans that don't necessarily have any, you know, geographical connection to yeah, them. Yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, it's... um The thing about that Hey Jude video is that, well, a couple of things. One, Dortmund are one of the coolest clubs going, and yet at the same time one of the lamest by <laughs> doing stuff like that. But it also made me wonder that maybe Hey Jude is not a big thing at German weddings. Because if you go to an English wedding, you're going to hear Hey Jude, yeah? You're going to hear Don't Look Back in Anger. You're going to be, you know, hums ringing together. So maybe they don't understand how it's, you know, how kind of cheesy it is. Yeah, but also, I bet Jude Bellingham's never even heard that song. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a boy. No, don't yeah. say that. I feel, oh God, it makes me he's feel so He's so old. young. He probably doesn't even know. So he's probably like, yeah. why, are we, why are we singing Hey Jude? I don't know. Probably ev this? every dad or middle-aged man he's ever met has probably made some <laughs> sort of joke about oh, that's it. He probably knows, yeah. he, he might know it's a thing because of dad jokes. Yeah. It's the awkward pause though, just as he comes up the stairs and then you see the top of his head and it's, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, it's a lot of much. pressure to put on a 16-year-old, isn't it? Who's just signing for a new club. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe... I've got to do a video. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah, but they're, football. All, they're all kind of, you know, they're all kind of, multi-platform literate, aren't they, kids? So, You'll be like, yeah. yeah, easy, I'll do that. Do you want me to just do it on my phone? Like, let, me, let me do the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't need a media team. I can do it myself. <laughs> there have been some some classics over the years, though. What, what's been one of your favourites, Jim? Um, I did like the one where Sevilla pretended to kidnap 
Joseph Snava <laughs> and take him home. That was frightening. It was yeah. weird, wasn't it? For a player who has quite serious anxiety issues, yeah. what a way to announce his signing. That's taking, taking a huge risk there. No, I don't yeah. want to do it. I don't want to come. I don't want to play. I don't want to play for you. I don't want to go home. Uh, I love the beginning backfired. of that video where they're like, they, they really thought about it, didn't they? With the kind of creeping behind the cars. Yeah, and putting a bag over his head. It's quite, um, <laughs> full, on, it's quite full on. Yeah. <laughs> and then the reveal where he pretends that he's been behind the bag for ages and he kind of does that thing with your eyes where, you know, you go from a dark room and you open the blinds and it's light and you're like, oh, oh my eyes. He did some good acting there. Yeah. I, I mean, impressed. like, if I hadn't been in the studio for like months, which has been the case recently, someone bundled me into a van, drove me here, pulled the bag off my head when I was in here to go, ah, see, you're back. I'd be like, yeah, sorry, this is not okay. This is still, just because I'm familiar with where I've arrived, this is still not okay. It's not a stag do. This is li- that's literally what Pete did to me for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're joining the team, Bish, yeah. whether you like it or not. Um, my favourite uh, reveal was the Besiktas, um, come to Besiktas, because... Oh, I no, think... it's terrible. No, it's so good, because they ended up signing, like, six players and they were all cult heroes in their own mm. right and it was I think it started with Pepe didn't it? I think it's yeah. Ricardo Charisma, is it? Ricardo, okay Ricardo Charisma, and then he would call the next person Which and was, it was that daisy yeah. chain and Pepe, I love that because yeah. do you remember back in the day when he used to like send chain mails and things like that? Yeah. That was like a millionaire version of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible that the techno music in it is mm. awful. It just It was one of those so bad it's good kind of meme things. Yeah, um, I like the fact that Southampton took the piss out of it though, with yes. their with their extension to the contract for Stuart Taylor, and it was over the top and it was brilliant, but it was a piss take at the same time, which yeah, is good. Exactly, which is you know they're getting to have their cake and eat it a little bit there. Yeah, but I wonder again about the strategy of that. I like because I always just look at these and and try to remember that that, that it is. It's PR for the club, and they're trying to, to trying to win over fans online, um, who are you know not necessarily from England. But I think are you. So are you trying to get the the market of people that have a slightly wry sense of humour? Are you trying to get that dollar, you know, trying yeah. to bring them in? It's very niche. I don't mind when they throw money at it because at least they're trying to do it well. And, I, I, you know, I, I quite like them. I, I do quite like them, even the bad ones. I love them. Because I think the bad ones are the best ones. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose because so many, you know, you've touched on it there, wanting to attract uh, fan bases beyond their you know, physical reach. Uh, not that they're grabbing people and pulling them in, apart from Jesus Nava. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind a bit of online strategy and I yeah. hate myself for saying those two words next to each but, other. But it's, it's even more of the wrestlification of, of football, isn't it? <laughs> Which I think is it's just happening now. So yeah. let's just accept it. One of the other things on the internet yesterday was, did you see this, boys? Harry Kane's baby gender reveal, yeah. which is, this is now becoming a thing. These these It was a very American thing up until, I reckon, about a year ago. All of a sudden, they're everywhere, these gender reveals. Basically, yeah. if you don't know what we're talking about, I will explain it. Um, when your wife or your, your other half are pregnant and you want to find out what you're having, rather than just, you know having a scan and finding out while you're in the hospital, you keep it a little secret in an envelope. You then 
take it to a party shop and get them to either fill a balloon with the color of the gender. So traditionally blue or pink mm-hmm. uh, or you get take it, yeah, there you go. yeah, or take it to a cake shop and get a pink or a blue cake made whatever it might be that you want to do and then you do this kind of big reveal for Instagram and, and Twitter and Harry Kane did one of them and it's actually quite impressive it was over the top it was so extra yeah. but it was very good he, well, hit, yeah, he, he hit it down the middle though well he yeah for, for those of you that haven't seen it he filled a ball with, um, with, with a colour paint um, suspended it from a crossbar hit it Probably first time, you know. Obviously. I reckon he could probably do it in one take. Yeah, uh, and then it exploded to reveal that it's it's blue. It's, it's a, boy, a boy, and maybe I'm joining Man City. Could also be that. <laughs> could also be that at the same time. Well, um, but uh, how, yeah, good it, was... how good would it be if he signs for Man City and then they just take that video and put it up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, imagine. imagine. At Spurs' training ground, and they've clearly helped him film it. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Painful that would be. Uh, I saw a brilliant tweet, which um, makes me feel sick at the same time. <laughs> but it's uh, a guy called Ryan tweeted saying, you just know that that was done in one take. A class finisher on and off. Ryan. <laughs> Come on, mate. You don't don't even think that, let alone put it on a public platform. <laughs> Good Lord. Horrifying. That's uh, Was that one of Pete's alts? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Oh, that's grim. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not really what I wanted to read out on Football Ramble today. <laughs> so apologies for bringing that to your ears. Uh, but there we go. That was Harry Kane's baby gender reveal. Quite impressive. And he's having a baby boy. So congratulations to him and his family. Uh, now, other news. There will be no Ballon d'Or this year due to COVID-19. Um, a statement was released saying we did not want to put an indelible asterisk on the prize list as a trophy won in exceptional circumstances due to the health crisis of COVID-19. What do you think of this, Fish? I think it's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> kind of self-important bollocks. I mean, oh. if we're able to hang out, hand out league titles, if we're going to hand out the Champions League, then we can hand out an award from a magazine. It was so... It was such a nothing statement. It was just so overstating its own importance that it just deserved to be like a Facebook status. Yeah. Of just total lack of self-awareness. The, the rest of the football world is getting on as best they can. Yeah. You know, players are putting themselves out there. And if you don't want to give them an award, that's fine. But to say it's an indelible mark when it's clearly beyond the usual cartel, there's clearly someone in Robert Lewandowski who is in any other situation, would still be worthy of that crown. If, yeah. you don't re- if you don't want to give it to him, say you don't want to give it to him. Do you reckon he'd have won it? <laughs> I think he'd certainly be up there, be the most, um, he's the kind of most impressive sort of kind of jaw-dropping player this season, isn't he? Where his, his numbers are crazy and his, his, just his performances have been absolutely towering. So yeah, I think he'd have been in with probably the best shout he'd ever been in for it. But it is like they've taken their ball and gone home, isn't it? Yeah. Like there is a kind of kind of stuffiness to it. And I know I get like because the French league stopped. Maybe that's part of the thinking. But you're right. The well, football's been happening. Yeah. yeah, it's in weird circumstances. But it's... as you say, Fish, everyone else has carried on. The, the the statement they say is that due to a lack of a sufficiently level playing field caused by COVID, that's why they're not doing it. Well, I mean, they've handed it out to Messi or Ronaldo for most of the last few years. Uh, Luka Modric broke that in 2018, and the last time. For that, the one of Messi or Ronaldo didn't win it was Kakar in 2007, I think. So, I mean, and they've both been playing. If you want to give it to one of them, give it to one of them then. But, like, just... <laughs> we'll have it. Yeah. <laughs> have it around the office for a yeah, bit. Yeah, that'd be nice. It'd be they, a good, lovely doorstop, wouldn't it? They wouldn't have been able to do the ceremony, though. 
I no. always do quite like watching that because there's always a very awkward presenter on it. Like there's 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 it's, there's always a slightly awkward kind of ceremony to that thing because they have yeah. to do it in several languages, don't they? Maybe that's it. Maybe they're like, oh, if we can't have the piss up, if we can't have the big the party, if we yeah. can't all get in our glad rags and and have a big night out and stick Ronaldo and Messi next to each other in the crowd again and get them to have a little moment where they talk <laughs> to each other and smile about their memories, nah. To let's, be f- let's leave it out. Yeah, to be fair, that maybe that's it because Eurovision was didn't have the quite the same pizzazz, did it? Mm. So maybe they saw that and thought, well, if we can't really embrace our pageantry, then then what was the point of all of this? It's probably part of it. Yeah, it uh, generally. Is. Now that you've mentioned yeah, it, actually, you never yeah. know. Anyway, that's all from us today. Vish, have a good time at Vicarage Road tonight. We're fascinated to hear how that one goes more so off the pitch and, and to find <laughs> yeah. out kind of like everything else from behind the scenes and and how Watford managed to cope without Nigel Pearson uh, in their final couple of matches. You're going to be here tomorrow with Marcus and Pete. So enjoy that, Jim. See you soon. See you later. Bye, guys. This was a Stakhanov production.